this generation is finally figuring out that life is about is about more than money. And this survey talks to this. And you guys have clearly been learning about this. You better find some purpose outside of money because money doesn't do it. Money doesn't pay for your home. It might pay for your house, but it doesn't pay for your home. And at the end of the day, when you're old and gray, it's not about the, the cold, empty house that echoes because nobody's there. It's about the warmth and the love and the people that you have there. Hi, everyone. It's Marcy Bullock. Welcome back to season three of Wolfpack Career Chats, the anchor season. A, ambition. N, networking. C, compassion. H, health, both mental and physical. O, organization. And R, resilient. Enjoy the pod. I want to move right now into um, the introduction of our special guest, and this is going to give us an opportunity to hear from someone else that has a different life experience than Marcy Bullock, and that is Lucas Tyndall. I love your LinkedIn. It says humorous, energetic, engaging, world-class keynote speaker, and we're just going to let you unmute now, Lucas, and, and take it away. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Marcy, for having me here again. Hello, students. Um, I'm excited to be here. I've had the pleasure of speaking to uh, previous classes, uh, previous semesters, so uh, I'm not a stranger here. Uh, but I'm excited to talk about this topic. I am 39 years old. Um, I have had a full career in a short amount of time, and I now work for myself. And I have more time, more life, more balance than I've ever had. But I can tell you guys about the journey that I took. Um, it started at a young age uh, and it went up until a, a forced layoff that caused me to reconsider everything. And I've gone on a personal journey recently where I've realized that some of the things that I thought were so important early in my career, I realize now they really weren't as important as I thought they were. So I'm, again, I'm giving you guys my perspective. As Marcy has so uh, kindly shared, it's okay to be who you are, right? It's okay to be in the place that you are. Like going into your career, you're like, this is who I'm going to be. Or going into your career, you're like, I don't know. Like I want to be this person, but there's things pulling me to be something different, right? So I want to, I want to, I, I do want to challenge you guys though to think about what your real intentions are, because if intentions are like tug of war, okay, intentions are tug of war, and most of us, especially early in our careers, the business, the company, the systems of the world take priority and and they pull us from our intentions because they've been doing their intentions a long time. And, and the whole system is set up for their intentions to win. Well, I have to submit to my employer. Well, my boss asked me to do it. Well, uh, if I want to move up, I have to make these sacrifices. If, if we want to have the house that we say we want to your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, your, your dog, your cat, if we want whoever you're talking to, right? You're talking to Scruffy or the dog on TikTok. I don't know who that is, but uh, you're telling your dog, like, listen, if you want to live in the big house, puppy, and you want that fancy bed, buddy, and you want to eat that fancy food, then there's a certain uh, level that we have to live at. And so when you think like that, you make sacrifices toward that. The question is, 
is it really your intention because you chose like, this is who I want to be. This is how I'm going to show up. Or is it that your employer pulled you somewhere that you said you would never be? You said, for instance, I will never miss one of my children's soccer games, football games, cheerleading, gymnastics. I would never do that. My parents never missed mine. I will never miss my children's. Or you're like me. My parents missed all of my stuff. So I'm not going to miss my kids stuff. That was my intention on the tug of war, right? But then the employer started to ask things of me. And because psychologically, I believed that they were the one providing for me and they, have my, they held my opportunities in their hand. When they pulled on the rope, I, I didn't even pull back. I was just like, I'm going to come towards you because you're in control. And I said to myself, I'm doing this for you guys at home. I'm going in this direction away from you for you. And what I found was my children, my wife, were saying, we'd rather have you, <laughs> right? They were like, wait a minute. Sounds good, right? In theory, it sounds good. You're making sacrifices for us. But what I was sacrificing was them. Like, I was, it wasn't making, it sounded good that I was making sacrifices for them, but actually I was sacrificing them for the things that I thought took care of them. So I just to frame that, and I'm talking about me again. However you guys want to play this out again, for me, the idea is make decisions though. And I, I love this survey because it also lets you look at yourself at different phases and stages. The key is you need to make sure you're defining those stages again. Because if you're like, I know by when I'm 10 years into my career, then I'll switch gears. Well, that that's, I did do that. But it's easier said than done because really, as this survey pointed out, sometimes we're deeper in, right? We're like, I'm going to switch gears. But really, it's like, it's harder to switch gears. You're like a semi that's become a train that is moving 100 miles an hour down the railroad, and you think you're just going to switch gears quickly. You've become conditioned to be that way. Your family may even become conditioned that that's who you are. You may not even have a family to shift for because you put so much into your career that you never take you. You built the house of your career, but not the home of your dreams. Right. So so think about the difference between a house and a home. A house is like the place, the thing you build. The home is like the warm place that you go with your family. A lot of people have nice houses. And in that nice house is a terrible, cold home where they don't really know their family anymore. They're disengaged. Everybody's coming and going. Everybody's at dinner staring at their phones. It's not a warm place to be, so I might as well go back to work, right? So be careful not to build the house of your career, your career dreams. You buy the house of your dreams, but you don't have the home you imagined having. So keep that in mind as well because that sacrifice is made every day. People make that sacrifice all the time. They trade a house for a home. They build this beautiful structure of a career. They're looking good. They're, they're able to afford nice things. So everybody's like, you're doing so well, right? And deep down, they have like that one tear dropping out of their eye, like on like Valentine's Day or days that matter, the holidays. They're like halfway sad all the time. You're like, why are you so sad? You have all these nice things. And what people find is like the nice things don't do it, right? The nice things alone don't make people happy. And you can ask, uh, the richest people. Steve Jobs said that when, you know, when he when when he was dying of pancreatic cancer, I believe it was. He was like, all the money in the world couldn't stop this. <laughs> he was like, it's not where I have a, a mast 
massive wealth, but it couldn't stop this disease. So he's like, what is it worth? Right. Um, and, and many people throughout history have found themselves in that place. So I just want you guys to be thinking about this. So I'm going to share with you guys a little bit of my results as, as this played out in my career. So if somebody would guess for me, and I may have tipped off my answer to this early in my career. So entry-level professional, uh, uh, section one. In this section, we were to imagine that we are a new professional navigating the beginning of our career. Do you think that I was, wh what do you think I was more focused on in this, in, in this time? If you could guess, if somebody would, if a few people could guess, if you could just raise your virtual hand and let me know, what do you think maybe I was most focused on? Your work. Brianna. Hello, Brianna. More focused on my work. Okay. Any other guesses? Your salary. Your salary, William. Okay. Salary. I like that. That's a great answer. Great answer. Any other guesses? Why, why didn't anybody guess that I was more focused on my family? Who do you guys take me for? What do you guys, you've only known me for a few minutes and already you're judging me saying that I was more focused on money and work and all the, you're absolutely right. Okay. I was engaged at 19 years old. I was married at 20 and I was more married to my job than my wife. Keep in mind, I don't now, I, I now know that the woman I married was not the woman I should have married. So there was some dysfunction there that also made me want to be at work more. But at the same time, I wasn't making good decisions. So my career started working in early childhood. I was 16 years old. I was in high school, grew up in the inner city. My father was in prison. We were kind of, we were, you know, basically in poverty. We didn't have much. My sister did a volunteer project. She went to work for this child care. They hired her, the child care center. They hired her. Well, we needed money as a family. So she was like, my brother's good with kids. They brought me in for an interview, 16 years old. They're like, I heard you're good with kids. I was like, I guess so. I am one. What are you talking about? Yes, I'm great with those. Um, I'm great with my friends. We're all good, right? So I went in, got this job, and I started working with school-agers. And it was like the first time I started was in the summer. And it was like summer camp, and you know we're playing football and basketball. And a, a little smart kid named Nelson, I'll never forget Nelson. He had glasses. He was a genius, literally. He taught me how to play chess. He would like read the master's book on how to play chess. Like we literally had this book in our classroom. He read that book every day and he taught me how to play chess. So I am a chess master. Okay, I'm just kidding, but I know how to play. All right, so um, I was playing these, it was so fun. Loved it. But I also saw a lot of young people who were going through what I was going through. Their fathers were in prison. Their mothers were single parents. They didn't have a lot. And they were making a lot of excuses as to why they were misbehaving, why they were angry, all these things. Well, I was in the same situation they were in, but I didn't choose to act like that. So I would challenge them and say, well, that's not okay. And they'd say, you don't understand what I'm going through. I'm like, I do understand what you're going through. They're like, you don't live where I live. I was like, I live next door to you. What are you talking about? Like, I live in the same projects as you. You didn't see me drive past you on my way here. I was waving at you. That was me, right? Like, I live here. My dad's in prison. Which one? <laughs> like, my dad is too. We have things in common. How cool. What prison? You know, how long's your dad got? Because my dad's got a ton of time, right? He's going to be in there for a while. Maybe they can get to know each other, right? So I understood this, right? So I gave a lot to these kids. So I was like, I have to learn how to lead these children. I have to be a light to these kids. I have to give them some love. I have to give them a positive male role model. I have to like take, I have to give them what I need. That's all I knew. I just had this feeling. I got to give these kids what I need. I needed, I was looking for male role models. I was looking for positive people. I was looking for hope that things could be better. 
even though I was living in a bad situation, I gave it to these kids. I was really working with them. I was also hard on them. I disciplined them. I believe discipline comes from love. I disciplined them. I made them focus on being better people. I taught them how to be leaders. I said, you're following up people who don't know where they're going. It's the blind leading the blind. You, none of you kids know where you're, what you want to do. You don't have any intentions. So you guys are all falling in the mud. Nobody wins this game. So you need to learn to be leaders so you can be successful in life. So I started teaching them leadership. So at around, so a few years in, about a year and a half in, year in, the administrator of the facility sees what I'm doing with this classroom of kids that was like out of control. So she promotes me to a night supervisor. Our center was open 6 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. Super late for kids to be around. I know we, even, we like made them lay down and stuff, but it was to accommodate those second shift parents. And I worked the afternoon shift, you know, during the school year when I was still in high school. And then after I graduated high school, 18, I became a supervisor. I was now over about 12 to 17 people. I ran the night shift. I had to shut the place down. I had to make sure all those kids and families went home safely and had all the things that they needed. And we reported if they were sick or hurt or all those things. Had a lot of responsibility at seven, at 18 years old. Almost everybody that reported to me was older than me. I took my job very seriously. Meanwhile, 18, I meet this young lady, right? We're getting serious. 19, we're engaged. Don't ask me why. If you're 19 or younger and you're engaged, you can be successful. I wasn't. It was different. I wasn't ready. I didn't, I didn't even know who I was yet. Uh, 20 years old, I get married. She already has a daughter um, who I love. She just hauled me a second ago. She had a daughter. I loved her. And I jumped into all this responsibility. And I didn't necessarily have intention. I was just taking it one day at a time, right? That sounds good. Just take it one day at a time. Everything will work out, right? Just do your best everywhere. So I was working, working, working. As I was working in the, as a night supervisor and part-time in the classroom and doing these different things, I was really doing well. So the same impact I was having on the classroom, I started having this positive impact on the teachers and then on multiple classrooms. The parents were happy. The business is growing. And an opportunity comes up for me to become the administrator. The administrator left. Uh, there's 40 employees. There's people who've been there longer than me. There's other people who applied. I met with the owner, as you guys are, have had interviews and will have interviews. And he said, I'm considering you for this position, 23 years old, mind you, right? That was young for, to run a business. I'm considering you for this position. Why should you be the guy? And I was very confident. I said, the same results you saw in that classroom, the same results you saw as the night supervisor, I will translate that into this entire business. And I will give you my all. I will be here for whatever needs to be done. Got the job. I won. I won. I remember I asked him, I think I asked him for $15 an hour. And this was like 2002 or something. And he laughed at me. I was like, $15 an hour? Like now you guys would laugh at people if they only wanted to pay you $15 an hour to run a business. He laughed at me and I was like, oh. he was like, oh, that's a lot right now. We'll see. Anyway, eventually it worked out. I got a lot more. But so I did that. I was giving my all. So when we talk about this early phase of my career, I gave everything to that place. If they called, I went. If they called when I was off, I showed up. If they called when I was on a date, I walked away. If they called while I was in a movie, I excused myself from the movie. If they called wherever I was, I was 24-7 on call all the time because I treated the company like it was mine. Now, there were some benefits to that. Certainly, the owner loved it because that made him have to be less accountable to the business. He no, he, him and his wife and his family 
no longer had to worry about this thing 24 seven because they had somebody to do that. So in doing so, I continued to get promoted. I continued to get raises. Um, he, he went to take on new centers over the years. I went from being an administrator to executive director over multiple centers. I became the administrator's administrator, the leader of them. But I spent all that time focused more on the business than my personal life. And I am a personal life kind of guy. I am a relationship-oriented person. I am a family person. I love those children. At this time now, I had my own children. I had my oldest, who was you know my ex-wife's daughter when I met her. I had two children of my own at this point. I loved kids, and certainly I loved my own kids. But somehow, think about the dichotomy of that. Think, think about that. I love children, and I'm spending all of my time, my heart, my energy with children, and I'm not paying any attention to my own. I mean, I did. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't like some deadbeat. Don't like, you know, make a comment on my LinkedIn or something. I heard he was a deadbeat. And I wasn't all that. Okay. Uh, but I gave more to that because I didn't have any intentions. I didn't know what I was doing. I thought my job was to provide for these people. And the more of them there were, the harder I had to work out here. So I gave it all there. After leaving that job, I went on to a company and became a consultant, which was a fascinating transition. But anyway, we won't get into all that. So we'll start to talk about like mid-level professional, right? Mid-level professional. I work for this company. We travel. We, um, we have the opportunity to work from home. You were allowed to work from home, which was a great thing. Um, but I was new to the business. I was new to the industry. I went into leadership development consulting from childcare. Now, I was a leader, so I knew how to lead and I understood business but I didn't know the world of consulting. So what do you guys think I was focused on in that phase of my career? The middle career time, what was I focused on? I see Megan's thinking, her eyes went over toward the thinking way, good job. Nikki, any guess, Nikki? Work, that you were more concentrated on work. Oh, okay, you're judging me, thank you. Anybody else wanna judge me? <laughs> I'm just kidding, no, great, great guess, great guess. Anybody else? All right, so yes, at that point in my career, although a, a lot had changed, now I was divorced, remarried, another child, and I, I had learned some things, right? Because here's a crazy thing. Here's the, here, this is a crazy story. This is, this is bonus. I wasn't going to say this. I worked for that early childhood center for 16 years. I helped increase the number of children by double. I was so impactful on the company, the owner made me a part owner of the company. I was a 21% equity owner of the company because I made such an impact. And I gave my life to it. I literally gave my all to it. I acted like an owner anyway. What was the difference? I was there. If the, if the fire alarm went off in the middle of the night, I met the fire department there. If the burglar alarm went off at night, I met the police there to walk through the building. I didn't have a gun on me. I'm walking with the police like, is anybody in here? I don't know. Why am I even in here? Like, Get me out of here. But I, I did all that, right? I became a part owner. In 2015, I created my company, Tyndale Training, because my wife and I were doing relationship training and coaching with couples. And I, and other, but I created it as a place for me to do that. I created it as a place. I had written a book. I created it as a space for that. Not as a place to rebel against the company, not as a competition, not as anything, just an entity that represented me so I could do some other things that I was passionate about. And with no warning and really no reason, I was fired from that job. 
It was September 2015. I'll never forget because there was there were some very difficult days after that. And the reason the days were so difficult was because I literally gave my life to that business. So I want to caution you. I gave my life to some to a to a family-owned business. So I gave my life to that family to free up their time. They went on vacations and stuff way more than me. I gave my life to the children and staff. I gave my life to the business. I gave my life to the cause. And when the owners didn't like that I had done something for myself, finally, they brought me in with no notice with an attorney and said, you're fired. It's conflict of interest. And they, they named some things. I was heartbroken. I was depressed. To get, and I don't know if anybody's ever went through this. I hope you haven't. And if you have, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to say yes or no. I don't know if you've ever gone through a season of depression where when you take the covers off, it's not just it's cold in the room, it's extra cold, right? It's like, it's a cold, the, the term it's a cold world out there becomes very real to you. It's like, you want to stay asleep. You want to stay in the bed because you don't want to face reality. That's where I was. Okay early in my career. Now that was 16 years in. Now I had given most of my, I'd given all 16. I started at 16. I gave half of my life to that place. I had, I identified with who I was there. Like I didn't even know myself outside of who I was at that company. I, I was Mr. Lucas. That was what they called Mr. Lucas, right? Everybody was Mr. And Miss by the first thing. That's who I was. I ran the company. I cared for the staff. I cared for the parents. I cared for the kids. I loved those people. I loved what I did. We had three facilities. We had a hundred employees. We had hundreds of children, hundreds of parents. That was my life. I gave it all to them. And just like that, they took it away from me. I had to learn something there. Like I had to realize that this beast of an industry is not always for me and that people have the free will choice to do things, even if it's not right that could harm me if I identify too much with that. So again, I'm spending more time building the house of my career than focusing on my home at home. Now I was better at that point because I'd remarried. I was doing better. I had more balance, but I still leaned really hard into work. So I lost all that. So I caution you guys. And I know somebody was like, it's unfair. You should have sued them. You should have something. People said that to me at the time. I was so broken. I couldn't face now going through court and all that. Like that was just too much for me. I'm like, and do what? Go to court, win some money, but have to go through all this pain of them accuse, acting like I did something like that was, I couldn't, I didn't even have the energy to do it. People offered to pay for my attorney because everybody said how unjust it was. So many staff walked out, people quit, people left, parents left, but I couldn't face it. So I left that company about eight months off, get this job in consulting. And again, I dive in. Now I did dive in with a little better, a little better balance. I would say at that point in my career, my work was my priority, but I was a little more of a cycler. I was a little better at when home something at home happened, I would fully engage it. But then when work was back on, I was back on to work. Now, this company I worked for also made it easier. At this company I worked for, I started there in 2016. And this was super rare because it's a small town. It wasn't a big corporation. I mean, we did global work, but it wasn't a huge company. We got six weeks vacation, unlimited sick days, and we could work from home. Like this company was forcing you. The owner of this company, if you were walking out, if he caught you in the parking lot at 2 p.m. and you came in at 9 p.m., he'd say, where are you going? And you'd say, I'm going home. He said, have a great day. 
Like these were some of the answers, some of the options on here. Like what would people say about you, right? He was like, take care, have a great day. I assume you got your work done. He trusted us. He treated us with extreme kindness. He was the warmest, kindest boss I ever had. I mean, just tremendous guy. Very different from the guy I worked, from the owner of the other company I worked for. That guy was very tough, very let's make money, very focused. This guy was really about people. So they helped me shift, but I still was so accustomed to the old way of doing things. It took me a long time to really snap out of that. I want to be the last one to leave the office. And I want to challenge you guys, because if you start your career being the last one to leave the office, you will be punished if you aren't the last person. If you never make it an expectation, they'll say, oh, when they when it's time for them to go, they go. And that person always gets all this grace and understand like, oh, no, you know, Sally, you know, when it's time to go, Sally's got things to do. She leaves. No problem. But then Lucas stays all night. And the first time I leave, when Sally leaves, everybody's like, what's going on with Lucas? He must not care to. I think he's checked out one foot in, one foot out. So be careful about the reputation you build. If you build a reputation, people subconsciously start to identify you with the way you do your work. And let me challenge you guys. You guys are in a great generation. You guys are living through what is called the great resignation, right? We went through the great depression and you guys may have heard this time, right? The great resignation. This generation is finally figuring out that life is about, is about more than money. And this survey talks to this and you guys have clearly been learning about this. You better find some purpose outside of money because money doesn't do it. Money doesn't pay for your home. It might pay for your house, but it doesn't pay for your home. And at the end of the day, when you're old and gray, it's not about the, the cold, empty house that echoes because nobody's there. It's about the warmth and the love and the people that you have there. So my second part of my career, now again, I'm only 39, but I can tell you I've, I've, I've had a 20-year career already, right? All of that happened. After I worked at that company, I was recruited to a healthcare management company. They hired me to be their director of employee engagement and development. They found me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I heard you guys talking about LinkedIn. Get on LinkedIn, be on LinkedIn, connect on LinkedIn, build your network on LinkedIn. Opportunities are on LinkedIn. Hiring managers are on LinkedIn. HR directors are on LinkedIn. All ever, they're there. So get on there and be, be present. Update your profile regularly. Change your picture. Reach out to new people. Do things to get attention. Be there. Be there, be there, be there. Okay. I got recruited to this company. I went in as the director of employee engagement and development. I was asked to go to 33 healthcare facilities and train over 3,000 employees in a matter of months. I did that in that three month span, which was around this time of year, a few years ago. I was away from my family a lot. When I finished that project, I went to my bosses there and I said, I want to be able to work from home. I can go to the facilities from home, but when I don't have to go, I want to work from home because I am unwilling to sacrifice my life again. I won't ever put myself in that position. So they agreed because I made a huge impact. They promoted me to a vice president position because I made such a, a substantial impact on that company. And I moved into the, the only, the one thing I had to do every day, 8.30 in the morning, I had to go to the morning meeting with the CEO and the COO and all those people. And I met with them. But if I worked from home, I'd call in or show up virtually. And that's what it was. And it was really good until they downsized. And I was one of the first seven that were brought in and told, unfortunately, we've downsized. We can't afford to keep you any longer. The learning and development budget is often cut early, unfortunately. And they said, 
uh, I'm sorry, I, this was a, over a six-figure salary. Things were, it was amazing. Um, they said, you got to go. Once again, this is October, 2019. I'm like, where do I go? What do I do? Here I am again, lost. In that moment, I really, 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 really realized that the most important thing was my family. Because when I was going through it again, who was there? My wife, my children, my family. Not these things that I built outside of my home. Those things were not there for me. They did what was best for them. They always did what was best for them. Now, I hope you work for a kind, caring company. I hope you guys find the best opportunities. But you better believe when push comes to shove, they have to do what's best for the business. And they'll say silly things like, it's just business. It's not personal. Well, guess what? It's very personal to me because now I have to figure out how to pay for my mortgage. Now I have to figure out how to take care of my children and my family. Now I have to refigure my whole life. But in October 7, 2019, I decided that I wasn't going to go to work for anyone again. How? I was going to figure it out. I told my wife, she said, I'm with you. High five. Let's go. Team Tyndale. We're going to make it happen. And I've never worked for anybody since then. I'm not against people working for people. But since then, I've gone on to become a successful keynote speaker. I launched a live video podcast where I'm now doing shows and interviewing amazing guests. I have sponsors. I run commercials. I didn't wait for YouTube to say I had enough people to have uh, ad revenue. I didn't wait for Facebook to say I had enough people following to have ad revenue. I built followers who cared and paid attention. And then I reached out to local, local businesses and I said, let's run a commercial on my show. People are watching. Let's run a commercial. X amount of dollars per month. Let's do it. And they did it. And I created a whole new business and a whole new re revenue stream. And I took control. And now I work less hours than I've ever worked in my life. I literally work less hours than I ever worked in my life. I'm home all the time. More than my kids may want. I'm like, hey, kid, come home from school. What's up? What's going on? My son is a senior in high school. He just came home for his lunch break. We're hanging out, talking. I'm here. I don't miss things anymore. My 12-year-old my daughter runs track. She's a junior Olympian. Uh, she's super talented. I don't miss things anymore. Because now I look at myself as the later stages of my career, even though, you know, I'm not that old, but I look at it now and I'm like, I'm going to take control. I'm no longer going to let work be the dominating factor. Now, again, I am not here to tell you guys what you guys should do. Just a story, just one to compare to. Marcy asked me to come and share my experience. That was my experience. It started off all in, all work. I had a family, got married, all that stuff, but it was all work. Lost that all. Got into the next phase. Owner was very kind. The CEO was very kind, but he said, but I still was all in. I started to find some balance, but I also started to find success. I became a very successful trainer at that company. So much so until when I went to do trainings for companies, they'd always want me to come back. They'd say, nobody from the company can come, but you, we're going to, we want you to travel all over the country and train all of our people. So there were times where I traveled. I remember one time I traveled six out of eight weeks. I was gone. I never imagined that would be my life. I remember I was in uh, Anaheim, California, in a hotel right across from Disney, on the phone with my kids in the morning, three hours behind, right? I was three hours behind because I'm on the East Coast. And I'm like telling them to have a good day at school, thinking I'm here outside of Disney and my family's not even here. Like, this is nuts. I went in and saw it and you know, I on the company and I'm doing all these cool things, but my family wasn't there. As great as that was, it wasn't as great as it would have been if I was able to have my family there. So I just say all those things for you guys. My journey has been work, work, work early on, mostly work in the middle, a little bit of a cycler, a little bit of a cycler to now 
My family's my priority. I don't worry about money. I don't worry about the house. I don't worry about things that don't matter. I don't worry about tangible things. My life now is focused on making a difference. First in my kids' lives and my family's life, then in other people's lives. I'm excited to be here for opportunities like this to give back. And this is where my life is now. I'm doing things that I love. I'm gaining revenue from things I love and appreciate. And the only person who can fire me from what I do now is me. So I've taken full control. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Class, let's unmute and give a big thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.